What is up and welcome back to Zen Business, the show that studies health and mindfulness habits that ultra high performers use to reach the top of their industry and their craft. I'm your host, Jonathan Maxim, Managing Director at K&J Growth Hackers and founder of five digital companies. We've grown these companies to great levels and created an exciting and fulfilling life for our team members, but the truth is it was much more challenging than we ever could have imagined. All right, now let's jump in. Beautiful. Well, Dustin, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. So, uh, Answer me this, should, should steroids be legal? You know, Jonathan, I've never been asked that before. Um, so when you use the word steroids, are you talking about, because that is such a huge term, are you talking about medical applications or current illegal dirty stuff that's kind of on an open market? I'm talking about like Mexico making drugs in general, legal in small amounts. So street drugs included. Uh, if it's a yes or no answer, I believe that yes, it should be illegal. And why is that? Because when you're talking about exactly what you just said, which is overseas type of narcotics that are brought into the country, um, they lack the, the regulation. And I think, honestly, the United States lacks a lot of regulation when it comes to purity standards and some of the things that are making it into the open market. But um, I believe more harm is done than good when you're looking at overseas product making it into the United States, into the hands of individuals who have no business trafficking them, giving advice on how to take them to people that don't know any better, that could cause real serious long-term harm and cause a lot of pain and strife for not only them, but their family members as well. Sounds like the supplements providers to me. (laughs) Well, maybe the old school Jack 3D and, you know gnarly pre-workouts i mean they they pushed the envelope for a long time a lot of those dudes got locked up for it so okay so that's really funny so clearly you use jack 3d jack 3d is like everybody's favorite right now there's tons of oh i don't use it i haven't used it since like maybe college like 15 years ago well you can't even get it i don't know if you can even get it I have, there's, so there's ingredients within the product that have been deemed uh, not safe for use. A lot of these issues, uh, and I love that we're just jumping right into this. This is great. A lot of these issues though, are not like, yeah, there's always, there's always ingredients in things that are found in all kinds of over the counter, over the counter products that can be very dangerous. I mean, if you want to go that route, then Tylenol should be illegal because it's the number one cause of liver failure in the entire United States. So uh, why are you taking Tylenol? Why is it legal? Um, I'm not a proponent for Tylenol at all. I, uh, I don't take Tylenol. I don't use Tylenol. Tylenol doesn't pay me to say their name on this podcast, but if you want to start getting into Jack 3d and, and using that, I'm using, I'm correlating the two because there's an ingredient in Jack 3D that is not, you know, safe for use that was misused by a lot of people using it. I mean, Jack 3D, dude, people were mixing this stuff with Red Bull and vodka and alcohol and other narcotics. Like that was what was happening in a lot of these college campuses where a lot of these issues. Hey, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm speaking from experience um, <laughs> from, oh, oh, dude, I remember being like 24 and mixing it with, again, let me just say this really quick. Uh, not a medical doctor. This is not medical advice, and nor do I condone what I'm about to say and or say anybody should do it. In fact, they should do the opposite. But 
anecdotally, yes, John, I was doing the same thing. I was mixing it with, <laughs> you know, vodka and Red Bull, doing all kinds of dumb oh. stuff. Okay. But um, yeah, but then, you know, people died doing that stuff because they overdid it and they did those things. So um, to kind of take it back, because we jumped right in, firing away, should those things be illegal? Uh, like Jack 3D, do I think Jack 3D needs to be illegal? I mean, is Tylenol illegal? It's not. It's, it's misuse and it's proper use, which causes types of issues. I don't even use pre-workout, so I'm not, you know, the people at Jack and USB Labs or whoever makes that product, I got nothing to do with them. And I don't know their manufacturing process, but, um, you know. You think know you that by, by, let's just say street uh, gear, you know, steroids, that kind of stuff. You think that it is the black market is formed by the regulation, you know, is, it's it's dirty in streets because it's illegal. Uh, no, a lot of times it's dirty in the streets because it's cheap. So I think it's more of a price. It's more of a because um, remember, I think that's driven by price and economics. And here's here's this is a personal opinion. Um, and honestly, Jonathan, I love this stuff. I was not prepared for any of this. This is great. So. Um, <laughs> dude, I do these podcasts all the time and it's, it's a lot of them are very regimented or it's about, you know, business, uh, it's about my, my personal, um, business journeys or what I believe in and philosophy and stuff. Um, this is awesome. So to answer your question, so I, number one, I appreciate you having me on, but to answer this question, I believe that it's driven by price and availability, meaning I live in, I know you live in California. I live in Florida, but in Florida, uh, dude, Florida is, you know, the land of anti-aging applications, medical stuff, mm. um, uh, medical, you know, surgery, any, you know, drug surgery, anything anti-aging is, is wildly rampant and available in the state of Florida. And any corner you want to, I'm in Tampa right now, any corner you want to walk down the street, there's going to be what's called an anti-aging clinic. Now mm -hmm. they're cash pay clinics. They don't take insurance. Again, I'm, I'm generalizing here, but they don't take insurance. You walk in, you get your blood work, you pay your cash fee. The doctor writes you a script for a pharmaceutical synthetic hormone replacement, depending upon which one you get, wow. right? But there's a cost involved. You pay for your cost to your doctor's visit. You got to pay for your cost of labs. You have to pay for all of your materials and supplies. You have to take pay for the actual drugs themselves from a compounding pharmacy that whether it gets sent to your house or not, all of these little things add up very quickly. And I don't know if you've ever had your blood work done, but my blood work, you know, I had my blood work done like maybe a month ago, you know, 400 bucks for the blood work. It's another, my doctor's 90 bucks per 15 minutes. So, um, and this is what I consider my general practitioner. I don't go to a normal GP. I go to a, a very highly specialized um, physician that you know, insurance doesn't cover. So you pay 90 bucks per 15 minutes, then you pay for all your other stuff. And this is for the cheapest stuff you can get on the market. So okay. TRT, you're already at, you know, oh, so they'll prescribe live amino steroids, that kind of stuff. Oh, dude, that's big business here. I mean, everybody's everybody. I don't personally take it, but everybody's on it. Oh, I didn't know that. So it's basically oh. just like shacks along the street. Wow. Okay. It's, you know, they're, they're real, they're, um, they're real medical offices. Yeah. They're real medical offices. They're, uh, the physicians that are there are, um, 
are great. I'm not saying they're poor physicians or great physicians. This is not like a ragtag operation. This is not a, you know, a quick stop. I'm just saying the market is so prevalent that there are a lot of physicians and MDs and DOs do move to the cash pay type of system because, um, you know, general practitioners, this is a business podcast. Let's talk business. GPs have mountains, like every other physician of credit of student loan debt. And GPs mm-hmm. typically make, you know, 150 grand a year. Well, cash pay physicians and specialists, we ain't talking $100,000 a year. We're talking, you know, massive amounts of money. So comparatively to a GP. So a lot of physicians make the move to specialized medicine, anti-aging medicine, especially in the state of Florida and in other states, because it's a business. Why wouldn't you? Is that because it's legal there and it's not legal in other areas? I mean, I haven't seen like, you know, TRT, like, for, for those listening, like uh, testosterone replacement therapy clinics on the side of the road here. I mean, it's, it's not, it's just not like that. Like, wh- wh- why is that so pro- prominent in Florida? So Florida has different laws when it comes to, um, when it comes to what is allowed and not allowed for pharmaceutical drugs and, and application, et cetera, um, for, for, for better or for worse, right? Because Florida also gotten a lot of issues because of the opioid epidemic, right? So there's, mm-hmm. in Florida, you're allowed to have a pharmacy on site of your medical office. Got it. Which is very, which is not common. Okay. Now I I am not a legislator. I am not up to everything legal. So if some things have changed here and then since, since those times, you know, don't at me or send me any angry emails because I'm not up to date in specific uh, laws, but that's what caused a lot of the, the opioid epidemic with, um, with the clinics nowadays, there's just a massive market. I mean, uh, for me personally, I go, I don't go to a, an insur an insurance covered physician. I go to a cash pay. My business partner does the exact same thing. Um, do they, do they specialize in anti-aging? Yeah, hundred percent. And they're phenomenal doctors, but there it's a, it's a, it's a real hot commodity here. And, um, who doesn't like specialized medicine when it comes to California, I do know that, and this was huge for our business is when this started happening, some, some, uh, some hormone replacements or some hormone drugs are becoming heavily regulated in other states, mm-hmm. for instance, human growth hormone, which is the area of business that we dabble in because we offer a 100% non-synthetic alternative to synthetic horm- uh, human growth hormone. California, it's terribly difficult to get prescribed as an anti-aging application. So you're looking at monthly monthly cost of HGH in a state like California could be anywhere from $3,000 a month to $10,000 a month. So it's a, it's big business. So can you talk to me about the science a little bit? And I'm glad you talked about your your non-synthetic hormone replacement therapy, right? I want to understand how how the science is different when we're talking about live aminos, like actual, let's just say testosterone, HGH, you know, trend, all of the, what people would call steroids. And then yeah. what, how BioPro works. Cause sure. Like what's, what, what, what's the, the difference and what's the, uh, at what cost, right? Yeah. hundred like, percent. Let me ask you a question. What do you know? about, for instance, human growth hormone? 
what is your, I mean, very basic knowledge. What's, what is minimal, right? Okay. At, at best. I mean, my understanding is that it produces more of all the growth hormones, the stuff you would get in puberty, right? So height, muscle development, you know, all of the growth factors. So the cells that help produce and replace, you know, old cells that help, you know, improve immune function and digestion, all the body's natural functionality, basically just cranking it up to 110, 120%. That's my understanding of it, which is obviously very amateur so, bro science, if you will. No, uh, dude, Jonathan, actually your, your explanation right there was much better than you would see from a lot of people. I mean, that was actually, actually way more than I expected. You'd be surprised how many physicians can't say what you just said. So um, okay. what your initial comment about, you know, testosterone, human growth hormone, those types of things. It's really important to understand everything you mentioned is actually different. Those are not all the same. Um, what I mean by that is let's just focus on the three main hormones for what we focus on, which is testosterone, estrogen, and human growth hormone. And testosterone and estrogen are prevalent in both men and women. However, men I'm sure a lot of your listeners probably know is uh, men are dominant in testosterone, have very little estrogen. Women are dominant in estrogen and have very little testosterone. Those numbers can fluctuate for everybody. Some people have more, some people have less. Either way, both men and women have human growth hormone. And to your point exactly, human these hormones, especially human growth hormone, are massively prevalent when you're in your growing, right? So through puberty, through growth spurts, through literally bones elongating, that's human growth hormone. Testosterone starts to get pumped if you're a man, you know, late when you start to go through puberty. The real issue hits is the day after you finish puberty, always different for everybody, but the day that you finish that, your, let's stick with human growth hormone. Human growth hormone decreases every single year after puberty. You cannot stop it. It doesn't matter how good you eat. It doesn't matter how great you train. It decreases, which is why people start to feel worse as they age. It's literally aging, right? So that decrease in hormones like human growth hormone is the definition of aging. Sometimes people lose up to 50% by age 35. It's not like 70. It's like this stuff happens quick. Um, it's uh, one of the physicians that we work with had a, had a really, really, really great analogy. It's like, especially with men, uh, human growth hormone and testosterone decrease at a rate, which is like a paper cut every day. It's you just one little paper cut every single day. And you don't realize how much damage it's done until almost it's too late which explains why these types of clinics are so popular. So, you know, let's just say that you're taking HGH. You go to one of these, you know, roadside clinics and you get HGH, get some roadside barbecue. Of, of I have HGH. to laugh at the roadside clinics thing, man. You get well, some roadside. Yeah, you get, yeah, I hear you. Well, I mean, they're everywhere, but they're, I, um, you know, not to, not to, you know, throw any shade. They're not necessarily like trash clinics. They're real clinics with real yeah, physicians. I don't mean to highly imply respected. that. Yeah, yeah they're, yeah. Um, they're just everywhere. That's just where they go to do it essentially. And like you said, <laughs> I mean, most of the time it's legit. So if, if you're, if you're uh, inserting more growth hormone into your body, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to keep growing taller as a 34 year old guy, right? Like 
what what are what are like the the risks like is it is it just a matter of dosing properly what happens if somebody does too much or does it for too long i've heard things about like liver failure and you know and all kinds of like let's just say um sexual reproduction issues like low sperm count or like actually like shrinking of the testicles stuff like that yes and those all of those things should be mass if you're like an individual and you're looking into these types of therapies or you are on these therapies and no one ever told you this stuff don't freak out but you need to do your due diligence and you need to do your research about um, what the risks are that come with any type of these benefits. But to answer your question, a lot of the risks that come on, they are different with each type of synthetic hormone, uh, with testosterone, exactly what you just described. Some of the risks that really suck, just to be frank, it, that really suck that guys overlook are absolutely, um, they're going to shut off natural production of the hormone themselves. So if you're taking an exogenous hormone and you you know, you're taking it daily, you're taking it three times a week, but you're, you know, you're aging, that exogenous hormone is going to create what's called a negative feedback loop. Now, a negative feedback loop means your body is going to shut off the natural production because you are giving it that hormone. It's, it's not, it doesn't think that it needs to make it anymore. So it's going to shut off the natural production it happens all the time with TRT. And when you're on TRT, you're pretty much on it forever. So that's okay with a lot of guys. That's fine. Um, not me personally. It's not my, my cup of tea. Um, so you're on it for good. Do you, with TRT, um, TRT absolutely in many cases causes infertility. So if you're planning on having children, you want to have more kids, that's something you should seriously consider. Uh, it does cause a, uh, a resizing, if you will, of the testes and a shrinking of, of the testes. Um, it also actually causes gynecomastia, which is if you do take TRT and you, here's part of the problem, and we'll get into this. Um, when you're taking an exogenous hormone and you go to take TRT, you're not just taking that. You have to take like three other things with it because when you start taking all this TRT, your estrogen levels are going to change. And if you remember with men, Estrogen is a female dominant hormone. So if you're messing with your testosterone, your estrogen is going to correlate with that. Meaning if your estrogen levels raise, you will grow breasts. It's called gynecomastia and it happens all the time. Um, we know guys that have it. I know guys yeah, that have, I had know it, guys surgery. have it. Yeah. So that your nipples literally get puffy and you grow breast tissue not a risk I really want to deal with. <laughs> like, like that's serious. Then you got to have some sort of cosmetic surgery to suck out that. I mean, you group breasts a hundred percent. So um, that's a big one. Then we start talking about the actual health risks. And this is with uh, human growth hormone and synthetic human growth hormone and with synthetic testosterone. Um, you can have issues. Limber failure happens a lot with when you start to use steroids and TRT and different things that are, you know, on the, the, the rough the dark market, if you will, you start getting issues like, you know, myocarditis is a big word nowadays, which is enlarged heart. You get cardiac arrhythmias. You're messing with your organs because remember your organs are smooth muscle tissue. And when you start overdoing things like TRT or too much, or, or even human growth hormone, more specifically, your organs will grow. Your heart. Yeah, that's will my grow understanding. Inside. Yeah. Like it's expand your within cage you. will 
you can see this on dudes that have been using these, like overdoing it with a lot of these products for years, their rib cage gets huge. And they have like this, like barrel chest, like it's it's insane. Your, those are organs inside your organs inside have to grow. I mean, your heart is growing, which is why you get a lot of congestive heart failure because the growth of your heart ain't growth of your biceps. It ain't what you want. You (laughs) you know what I mean? So your heart will explode eventually. Um, and those are a lot of the risks, which is why we come in where we do, but it's, you gotta always weigh what are the benefits that I'm really getting and what is the risk, right? So BioPro essentially doesn't have the live aminos is my understanding. BioPro is the supplement that your company produces and you, you, you won't have those growth reactions essentially. Is that, is that accurate? So you'll get the benefits of, let's say, better sleep, you know, better energy levels. Maybe you have more testosterone because it's a byproduct of your body running more efficiently, but it's not actually producing testosterone. Talk to me about how the science of BioPro works versus, let's say, a black market, you know, TRT or something like that. Sure, sure. So it's important to note that me personally, um, I believe in attacking the root cause other than just trying to cover up symptoms. Yeah. So with me, I don't use any exogenous uh, hormones. I don't like sticking. I don't like the needles. I don't like mixing. I mean, there's, there's all of these little nuances that come with taking these pharmaceutical drugs. I want to make it clear that though I am a proponent of non synthetic drugs, they do have their place in modern medicine for those who need them the most. Okay. They, um, they're just, to me, from a uh, personal perspective, I don't, I think they're overused. I think they're overprescribed. And I don't think necessarily that they, that a lot of the individuals who use it need them. That's where we come in. So to answer your question, BioPro Plus is a, what's called a growth factor matrix. So to explain it's, it's important for, you know, your listeners to understand what growth factors are. And growth factors are essentially the end result of human growth hormone. When human growth hormone is secreted in your pituitary gland, it's then sent to your liver to be metabolized. It's metabolized into growth factors. Growth factors are what are called uh, protein cytokines. And cytokines are cellular signaling devices. Basically, the growth factors are what are causing the cellular changes in your body, growing muscle tissue, improving metabolism, collagen in your skin. Those are all cells or cellular processes that have to be stimulated first. Cells don't just magically do stuff. They have to be told to do it. And growth factors tell the cells to do things. It's the hormone that signals the creation of those growth factors. So what we do is instead of um, exogenously giving you the hormone, which will make your body shut it off, uh, shut off its natural production, mm-hmm. or instead of, you know, giving you, yeah. So instead of giving you the hormone or even instead of st- st- excuse me, stimulating the hormone itself, we just give you the end result. So that way we are bypassing all of those systems in your body that would cause negative side effects and just giving you the cellular signals in and of themselves to create the change that we want and that you want without causing negative feedback loop, which we just talked about, um, without causing um, a lot of these negative side effects. There's no needles, but more importantly, our product is 100% non-synthetic. So it doesn't have the ability to 
we talked about like these barrel chested dudes, like these hulks, like that is the Kool-Aid guy breaking through your wall. Like it doesn't have the ability to put you into that realm of abnormal. It can only maximize your body's natural potential. And that's by design. We don't want you to turn into Brock Lesnar um, and Brock, if you're listening, please don't show up in my home, but we don't want you to turn into Brock Lesnar and like blast through a wall and, you know, power slam people through tables. Great to watch not great, you know, criminally. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, we just maximize the human being at, at, at a non-synthetic human level instead of creating abnormalities. Well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You actually hit it right on the head, but I was trying to capture what I don't understand so far. But the, the actual ex- expansion of the bodily, let's just say bones, uh, soft tissue, uh, organs, all that kind of stuff, you're not triggering your body to grow that because that's one stage earlier in this sequential process. Later down the line, when growth factor is created, it triggers things like, or let's just say we're utilizing 80% of our digestive functionality and our metabolism and these other you know, factors of growth factor or you know, the cell production stuff. It's just doing the last few steps. So we're just maximizing, we're getting that last 20% that wasn't captured currently because we don't have the, as much of a growth factor. So when I go to the gym, I'm not going to actually um, expand from a medium build to a large build guy because my body is growing. Rather, I will make more efficient on that workout and more efficient on that food consumption and the macros that are absorbed and all that. Is that right? Yes and no. Um, If I may correct just a few of those things, what's really, what you're doing is, is okay, so you have a cell, you have muscle. Let's stick with muscle cells. Cause you focused on gym. I'm going to use what you're talking about. So you're talking about the gym, uh, maximizing, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners, you know, are gym goers or into health and fitness or into health and wellness. Most, most successful, you know, business guys are, that's part of the routine. So let's focus on the gym. So in the gym, we're building muscle. Okay. So it's, you know, everybody here knows, I'm sure muscles are made up of specific muscle cells. And in order for your muscles to grow, they actually have to multiply. They have to differentiate and multiply, but they have to be told to do so. Your your body just doesn't magically do that. Everything in your body has a trigger, has a signal to tell it to do something. What tells your muscle cells to differentiate and quote unquote grow is a growth factor. So that growth factor is a cellular signaling device that is sent out into your bloodstream to signal specific cells to do things. You have muscle cells, they must be signaled to multiply, to differentiate. You have collagen cells that are in your skin. Collagen is what helps you to create elastin and, and, and not have wrinkles. And that's the lack of collagen and the destruction of collagen or the lack of the multiplication of collagen is why your skin starts to sag and wrinkle. Well, if you stimulate or you signal those collagen cells to increase, to multiply, to differentiate, well, then you're fighting literally wrinkling and elastin in your skin. Well, guess what does that? A growth factor. It's called epidermal growth factor and fibroblast growth factor. So those signals are sent into your skin to literally go, hey, collagen, wake up. I need more of you. Make it happen. Why this happens in aging, if you want to back up all the way, is because remember, every single year after you're done with puberty, that growth hormone, which the end result is growth factors, 
decreases. So your growth factors that you're producing decrease as well. And a little known fact, which is overlooked constantly with physicians and uh, patients and people using these types of products is that a lot of guys are on this TRT and a lot of guys use testosterone or aren't absorbing their testosterone efficiently. Well, guess what? Testosterone must have an adequate amount of growth hormone and growth factor to even exert the benefits of even a synthetic testosterone. So if you're lacking, if you're not getting these levels checked, but you're going in and taking a shot of TRT and you have no idea what your growth factor or growth hormone levels are, you could be completely lacking a lot of the benefits of why you're sticking yourself to begin with. And that is, listen, half my job is literally talking to, uh, to physicians on the phone and educating and explaining application of these products and other types of things. And that's the number one thing people don't even realize that even exists. And the same is with women. Um, with estrogen is estrogen is absolutely correspondent to growth factor, growth hormone level in their body. If it's decreased, they can't exert the same benefits. So they have all kinds of issues. They don't even know what's causing it. So how do I live a hundred years versus 75 years? <laughs> um, that's a great question. And when you, uh, you know, when you figure that out, you'll be a billionaire or, you know, you'll be wiped from the face of the earth, depending upon who knows that, you know, but um, you know, so scientifically the more that you can slow, and this is going to be like a whole bunch of talk and then I'll, you know, break it down. But scientifically the, the more that you can slow the degeneration of the telomeres in your DNA, which are these little ladder rungs of your DNA, if you can picture a DNA strand, the, the more that you can slow the degeneration of those, technically, that is slowing down the aging process. However, uh, if you'd like my personal advice of living longer, et cetera, I'm only 36, I'll let you know when I'm on the back end of things, but I find that more people would probably live longer, healthier lives if instead of running for a pharmaceutical or synthetic drug, they would attack the root cause at its root, uh, not, not address the symptoms, but attack the root cause in and of itself. Meaning everyone should start with very three basic things to elongate their life, which is, I'll start from three down to one, hydration, nutrition, and sleep. Sleep is absolutely the most underutilized tool in anyone's arsenal of feeling better and living longer. People don't realize that every decade after their 2021, they actually will correspond less time sleeping. So the science will show an hour per decade, typically of Lost. less time in sleep. And sleep is when your body has its reset mode. Um, inadequate sleep can be tied to basically all sorts of chronic disease, depression, anxiety, just overall lack of, um, you know, a healthy lifestyle. So if I were to give you one thing for free, for anybody who's listening, that they can elongate their life, make their life better, it would be really, really, really prioritize their sleep. Learn how to sleep learn how to um, establish a sleep hygiene um, regimen in your home and it will change your life. Wow. Um, so yes, I've, I just want to sh share a little bit from my own personal experience here. So I bought this aura ring. You guys know what aura yep. is, right? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. 
I thought it was cool. Um, at the time, I would still like go out with my friends and drink on the weekends. I would still use pre-workout before the gym. You know, let's say at 5 p.m., I would power nap after work and then, you know, go lift. And when I got the Aura Ring, my sleep scores were dismal. I would say between 60 and 70 pretty consistently. And it was very frustrating. Went on like this. I couldn't understand why because in general, it looked like I was eating healthy. I was going to the gym a lot. I was working hard and exerting my energy throughout the day. And like, I still was getting poor sleep scores. I'd be in bed for eight hours, sleep for six. Um, and then finally got frustrated and I was like, fuck this thing. And I threw it out uh, because I just, <laughs> I couldn't win. And the battery yeah. was dying. And you know, I was like, that, that, that's <laughs> replace battery, throw out aura ring. <laughs> yeah. Just get, get rid of the, nip the problem at the bud, right? Go to the, 100%. Go to the, yeah, just the get root rid of it. issues. I mean, it's out of sight, out of mind. So I, then years later, I would say like two, three years later, I went and bought another Aura Ring. And I said, okay, this time I'm going to, you got to got to understand, like, I was having great days. Every day was amazing. You know, as an entrepreneur, it's just exciting, right? It's very invigorating, challenging work. So you're always having to rise to the occasion, which feels good. So I thought I was being a very productive and healthy guy. But I would wake up, you know, let's just say going to sleep at 10 and waking up at six and thinking I slept great be like, oh, today's going to be a good day. I'll look at Aura and it would say your readiness is like a 73. I'm like, dude, that should be like a 90. I feel great. What's going on? And the disconnect caused me a lot of frustration, right? It's, it really wasn't a metric I should have been measuring at the time uh, because of my lack of awareness around these other factors. Anyway, it would kind of get my day off to a bad start. So I said, I'm not going to overmanage myself. And I got rid of it. Years later, I did 75 hard, which is no alcohol, no cheat meals, workout what twice book a was, day. What, what book did you read when you were reading 75 hard? What book did you choose? Because you got to read, right? You got to read 10 yeah, pages, yeah, 10 pages a day. That's part of the deal. Yeah. I, I read, I read uh, Ask and It Is Given by Abraham Hicks. Oh, okay. I never heard really, of it. Really, really good. It's, a, it's like the Bible of manifesting. It's like, okay. All you right. can like read it over and over. It, it's just like one that I like keep by my side. And whenever I, yeah. for whatever reason I want to read and I don't, have anything particular I want to focus on, I'd read that book. It's a really good book. You know, if you guys haven't read into manifesting stuff, I, that's definitely the starting point. Um, so that, first of all, that, well, let me just explain this 75 hard experience. So no alcohol, read yeah. 10 pages a day, uh, work out indoor and outdoor twice a day, 45 minutes and drink a gallon of water, a few other things to do along with it. This is from Andy Frisella, great podcaster and stuff. And I thought, you know, historically I wasn't sleeping well based on one workout a day. And I'm like, if I'm working out twice a day and you know, seven or 8 PM, I'll probably not be sleeping. Well, anyway, long story short, I started sleeping really good, right? Because my body was getting exhausted and I wasn't drinking. I was naturally exhausting my body and then not drinking. So I'm actually doing the outside. Were you actually doing the outside uh, workouts for 45 minutes? Yeah, I would either walk for 45 minutes or I would surf for an hour or I would go for a jog. I would ride my skateboard a lot. Um, and then mm -hmm. in the morning, I would do the gym. So gym in the morning. Okay. I'm asking for a specific reason. I'll, I'll tell you something in a second. So anyway, my sleep quality improved a lot. And I realized a big part of it was the alcohol. Another part of it was not, you know, even drinking on the weekends is affecting my weekday sleep schedule. So I, I cut that out, which feels amazing. Um, and when you're kind of at our age, you're at a level where you're self-actualized enough where you don't really need social lubricant and you can 100% that people and be confident as you want and you don't need alcohol. So you realize that you don't really need it, but no caffeine afternoon after 12, uh, 
you know, generally eating pretty healthy, working out a lot, exhausting my body. So then my sleep stores score started getting much better on aura. And then I took it to another level. I got a septoplasty. So I, one of my nostrils, you know, my nose on the inside was bent. So they straightened it up. And then I started breathing through my nose. And at the time I started reading the book called breathe, um, which there's mm -hmm. another podcast. You guys should listen to it on breathing, but that was the tipping point. Then I went from, uh, breathing through my nose, I would say like 60, 70% of the time when I slept to breathing through a hundred percent of the time. It was because it was like jet engines. My nostrils were so opened yeah. up and yeah. I was like, holy shit. And then I started reading into breathing and breathing. Uh, there's three sources of energy, right? You got to get oxygen, right? So you get oxygen through H2O blood going to your muscles, and then you get oxygen through breathing. Uh, and then, you know, food is another source of energy, but you can actually metabolize energy from breathing, which this is where the concept of breathitarians come from, which is crazy, but it's out there and it's real. I mean, way out there, dude. <laughs> yeah. I've, anyway, heard of, I've heard of it. I hundred percent wake up in the morning. I'm feeling great. Like just, just breathing through my nose. A lot of people get mouth tapes so that they can't breathe through their mouth because they're not mm -hmm. aware they're doing it. So then now my average readiness score on aura is between like 80 and 90. And that can be on like six hours, but my body is getting to a deeper stage of sleep. My heart rate variability is reducing. My respiration rate is solid. There's less waking times throughout the night because the, the ring tracks all of that. So then I started getting really good sleep. And then I started having no energy problems the next day. It was like, I had just like swept all of the energy and just physical comfort and, and restoration and all that, all that just got wiped away. Um, so now I actually love the aura ring and I don't drink very much because, you know, you have like one or two drinks, your sleep score will go from like 80 down to like 50. It's, it's a crazy deal. So then I, of course, you know, I, I sleep more, but all kind you, you notice all kinds of benefits. Your skin improves, you're in a better mood. You have, you, I, I haven't had a 2 PM crash in, you know, at least two years, uh, because my, my just general energy level is better, a lot more breathing through the nose, et cetera. So, uh, you know, when, we're, when you talk about like rest and sleep as this kind of hack, uh, first of all, I agree, but second, like, it's also about the quality of the sleep, right? Are you breathing through your nose? You know, the thing about breathing through your nose is you got all these turbinates, like miles of, uh, of tubes in your face that filter manage the temperature of the air and deliver it evenly because like breathing through your mouth chomping a big gasp of air is actually not that good for you uh it's much better that it comes in evenly cooled off and smoothly and and, and then out that way um and you know you're, you're, because the, the palate is soft it can change shape when you breathe through your mouth and all that so anyway all that to say uh i genuinely feel like i'm getting younger the more that i sleep right um, and even like last night, like I had a random wake up from my dog and it felt like not that great in the night of sleep. And I still came out with like a 73, which is pretty good relative to what I used to have. So you know, think about all the things that you just said. I mean, you mentioned so much um, and you tied it back. Like number one, to, to talk about, like you brought up mouth breathing, dude, mouth breathing is an epidemic uh, in this country right now. Uh, so if you've never like Googled or looked up the difference between, I mean, you, I know you already said it, but just, I'm kind of driving this home because if you look at mouth breathing and nasal breathing and the differences, you're absolutely right. You're not supposed to be breathing through your mouth the way that you are. And you can actually see physiological changes in human beings over time, especially with this generation where a lot of 
people are dominantly breathing through their mouth and they and have they a don't terrible know posture. They have no idea. And then like a lot of with men, they don't, you'll see a lot of guys and this is just facts, man. I'm sorry, but the truth hurts is there. It's almost like the, the non-existence of a chin. So where men would have a predominant facial structure where their jawbones and chins are, are dominant to where men have dominant jawbones and facial structure. It's, it's, a, it's directly linked to their testosterone levels. Men nowadays, I know, you, I know this is a, a, um, a, uh, a podcast, so maybe you can't see me or not, but their chins, um, when you start to breathe through your mouth, your posture changes and your chin actually starts to dive back in. You can, you can literally change that through exercises and change the entire look of not only your jawline, but your posture breathing appropriately. It's like, I mean, literally, like you said it now they make mouth tape. I mean, tape your mouth shut. Um, again, don't go home and put duct tape over your mouth. I'm saying, you know, do use the right doctor, doctor. tools to do this and speak to your physician. I'm not saying go home and duct tape your mouth shut, but um, if you Google this and just mouth breathing alone, it is massive. And you're right. People have no idea. What's crazy about your 75 hard story and why I asked you if you actually did the outdoor workouts is because a lot of people like take melatonin and they take a ton of melatonin. I was taking that back in the day. Yeah. Okay. So melatonin forever. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't, dude. People take melatonin like it's candy. Why? Because it's over the counter and you think you can just take it and it's no big deal. Melatonin is a hormone, dude. And if you take too much of it, you call you again, you create a negative feedback loop. What I'm getting at, a negative feedback loop means you're not going to create it. more of it on your own. Plus, don't forget. Um, melatonin is a precursor to help stimulation of dopamine and serotonin in your brain. So if you're overdoing melatonin and you don't create your own, guess what? You're not going to create those happy chemicals in your brain that you naturally wow. should. Guess who else doesn't create dopamine and serotonin? Heroin addicts, when they're off of heroin, it's literally a drug. Anyway, what I'm getting at is, and I appreciate everybody that just hung on through that rant, but why I asked about outside workouts is because you, sh your natural melatonin, that is part of what's called your circadian rhythm, which is your sleep awake cycle is stimulated by sunlight. So if you're getting an additional 45 minutes of outside activity, especially surfing, where you have a lot of skin exposure, I don't know how cold it is. You might be in a wetsuit, but um, you're getting a lot of, oh, yikes. You're uh, are you a booties guy or no booties? I forgot my booties today. And I'm, oh. I'm kind of glad I did. I kind of like it. It's, it's only the first few minutes that they really feel cold. Ugh, dude, booties are a game changer for anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I do normally wear them. Yeah. Ice cold. So anyway, so um, if you're getting that extra additional skin exposure, or excuse me, sun exposure on your skin, your body's going to naturally create appropriate amounts of melatonin to help you sleep deeper in the night and sleep the way you should be. So if you're not getting those things, that's why that 75 hard thing kind of jumped out at me. It's like, ah, what else did you add? Because you added sunlight and sunlight helps with melatonin. Mm. But I mean, you changed a lot, dude. I mean, you, you literally had a nasal surgery to help open up the airways in your nose. I mean, but again, look at the lengths somebody will go when they want to, you know, increase sleep hygiene and, and elongate their life and live better. I think, you know, I, we sell, I sell products for a living, dude. Like I manufacture and create and sell products to help people with this stuff. And I'm telling you right now, $0 to fix your sleep. Zero dollars. You did it. 
I mean, well, you did it with, you know, elimination of caffeine, elimination of alcohol, sun exposure, taking this stuff seriously. Uh, you can, you know, cut out sugar intake within three hours of bed. That's a huge issue. Um, you know, dark room, super cold. That's the way you were meant to sleep. So yeah, basically closer to nature. And it's, it, it, it's just weird. I, I think if, if anyone should take any one thing from this brilliant rant, uh, it's alcohol was the Kickstarter. When you cut that out, then you don't need so much caffeine, right? Then you sleep better. So you're not as tired the next day. I mean, dude, I, everyone's been to Vegas and been hungover. Did you cut out booze days. completely? Do you still drink? Once in a while. I mean, I drank maybe two drinks at a wedding a couple weeks ago, but like, yeah. really, I don't really like alcohol anymore. It's just, it seems like a poor man's drug to me. Yeah. No offense, but like, it's, it, it seems like, just what people do when they're feeling grumbly, bored. loppy, and bored. Yeah. I mean, it makes you feel fat. And keep in mind, I was in a fraternity, dude. I've, I've consumed my fair share of alcohol, and I could probably kill a small family with the amount of alcohol I've consumed. And I've always, I love partying. I love meeting people and like having fun and all that. But I mean, once you see, the thing is, is when you're doing stuff like meditating, surfing, uh, running, a business or pursuing something that means you know, has purpose for you, you develop a natural confidence, right? I'm, I'm confident because I know I know how to surf or I'm confident because I know I know how to go, to go to the gym and like get a good workout. I'm confident because I woke up earlier than everybody else. And so then you don't really need these like crutches, like drugs and alcohol. And I think that's really where the tipping point listen in my to, life happened. Listen to what you're talking about, though. Listen to what you're talking about, what you, what you just explained. And I'm interrupting specifically because, John, what you said is so powerful. Like, if you notice what you did is you are a satisfied, fulfilled human being. So you're not feeling that lack of satis satisfaction and lack of fulfillment with an exogenous source of that fulfillment. I think that's huge, man. I think that's Man, screw everything else we just spoke about in this entire thing for however long it's been. But you, you just said is is very important for people to hear. I mean, sorry to interrupt you, dude, but I had to. I mean, what you said no, is so powerful. It. It's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I I got that from doing spiritual prayer, meditation, yoga, and like uh, spiritual journeys, right? So those were the messages I got. It was stop using anything of don't, don't use hedonistic stuff. So stuff that is a, a, a cheap thrills, any cheap thrills, really indulgent food, like sweet or savory, uh, porn, masturbation, um, nicotine, alcohol, uh, it, just in any kind of indulgences create imbalances. And so then I started trying to like taper back all of my hedonistic indulgences, particularly food. I've been fasting a lot lately. Like on Mondays, I usually do like a 24 to 28 hour fast. And uh, it's just crazy. You just feel like such a powerful person. And again, all this shit's free, right? I mean, yeah, you got to listen to a podcast and like get the tactics. But at the end of the day, like that's what really like makes life rewarding and it makes you healthy and live a long time. And so now I'm, I, I kind of, I look at things like BioPro or NAD or any kind of supplement. and I feel the way that I do with those pretty much naturally now. I mean, it's obviously a great benefit to add them in because it really just yeah. like you know, polishes off that last 5% of, of being yourself, right? Like being 
uh, I guess you could say like your most elevated, your, your highest self, like feeling your best, best energy, like all that kind of stuff. But I mean, just by doing those kind of things, I, it also helped a lot to get a dog because the dog, you don't want to be a bad dad and not walk his ass when he's you know feeling playful. So you take him out to play with other dogs. Okay, now you're out in the sun or you take him out for a 30 minute walk so he can get his exercise too. So it, I don't know. It's just, it's some interesting stuff that came out of this and like, you know, hearing from you, like you, you do all of these things, right? You are a very balanced man. And you're also a spiritual man to like, you report to a higher power, right? So you, to some extent. Yeah, well, I haven't had a drink uh, in well over a year. Um, I mean, I, okay. you know, I was, I was never a daily drinker anyway. I was kind of a party drinker, but I, I eliminated all that, you know, a long time ago, including the pornography and the masturbation, all that stuff that you, you mentioned. And I'm very, I want to, I want to correlate something here. Very important is that everything that you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned hedonistic lifestyles. Okay. And for anybody listening to this show, I never, number one, I never expected for us to go down this road, but I think this is crazy important. Um, I know that you, Jonathan, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're out there. There's articles written about you. You're, you're a very like out there guy. You're, you're huge on social media. You know, people who know who you are, know you're a successful business guy, that you're very active, like you're out there. And I think sharing these types of messages are important, especially through your channel. Um, you know, I don't do those things. And sometimes I wish I would, I had, I that I had the, you know, the, the drive in the, in the stones basically to do what you do and put yourself out there. What I'm getting at is that, um, what you mentioned of these hedonistic lifestyles, they can be directly, um, directly linked elimination of them can be directly linked to success in, you know, your entrepreneurial efforts and business. Why? Because everything that you just mentioned, the drinking, the drugs, the porn, it's all instant gratification. And you're teaching your body that you deserve something now, that I want it now, that I want the dopamine rush now. And in business, guess what? If you're in business, if you're successful, you have to, have to be ready to accept delayed gratification. Meaning if you want big business, and this is, this is advice that I did not take early on in my career. I was a big, you know, how fast can I win guy? Um, I'm a big score guy, the biggest deals as fast as possible. And then it would, I would go in these roller coasters of like, get a big deal and then crash because what's after this big deal. There's nothing. Yeah. It's, it's these huge roller coasters, which directly related to a lot of alcohol use, dude. I mean, I would go and party and do these things and I was living this life, but it was a huge roller coaster. I never listened to the advice of, um, who's actually my business partner, not business partner now in my latest venture, but, uh, and most successful one, a lot of those other ones, they didn't last. Right. So you have these big roller coaster things. They don't last. I'm getting at is he would always explain. It's like Dustin, you know, it's about delayed gratification, just brick by brick by brick. So when you eliminate all of these exogenous or extra, you know, these extraordinary exercise, all these extraordinary Stimuli things that you're doing, like, factors. yeah, all these, exactly. There's a correct word. These, these, uh, the stimuli to immediately release dopamine, which is exactly what narcotics do. Alcohol does pornography does. I yep. mean, pornography is the worst one, dude. Pornography. You can literally look at a brain scan of somebody who's the heroin addict and pornography addict. And there's more, there's more brain degeneration in somebody who, um, 
indulges in pornography on a daily or multi-daily use than on heroin. It's wild, wild. And people will think I'm crazy for saying this, dude. Think about it. Like people will be like, oh, that's crazy. It's dude, it's not. It's science and it destroys your brain. Point being, you can directly relate that delayed gratification and learning how to deny yourself, deny yourself of a lot of these simple pleasures that lead to these massive, overwhelming success. I have to practice it every day. I, I mean, clearly, you know, everybody does, but um, that was when things really changed for me and my business is learning that delayed gratification and that process and self-denial, removing these instant gratification stimuli. It's pretty much the opposite of everything that society stands for and <laughs> supports today. A million percent, a million percent. But what I, I think, you know, a lot of people see that as difficult and for people who don't want difficult, they're going to try to shrug that off or say like, no, nah, like there's no reason to really do that. But what I can say from having been through the hedonistic stages and now in a, I would say more of like a monk-like stage, it's very, life's much easier. I have a generally a, a pretty calm level to me. <laughs> that guy doesn't. Yeah, he's not. He's got to go to training. Oreo. Shh, shh, shh. So it, it, just everything seems to happen just a bit more easy because, well, I mean, it, if you think about like cocaine or, or like caffeine or let's just say Adderall or anything, like a lot of the stuff that we use to, uh, to get more done or to be more active in some way, it heightens you. But that heightened isn't necessarily a pleasant feeling. But as of late, it, again, everything has just been pretty calm. So I'm not very agitatable. Like some dude was yelling at me in the car this morning. Uh, you know, some pissed off redneck in a pickup truck was like screaming at me uh, because I was going too slow in front of him. You know, I'm just going to do my thing. And I just look at this guy and I'm just like, I don't know what's going on with you, bro, but I don't care. And you're not going to make it my problem. And it, it just, you would think that, cutting off your source of pleasure would make you um, agitated or kind of on edge in some way, but the reverse effect happens. It's the same thing that happened with fasting. My, one of my team members and buddies uh, who got me onto fasting recently doing these like 24 hour fasts from like Sunday night to Monday night. And um, you'd think that you'd be like, just going savage mode, trying to eat everything, tear things apart, like on edge and all that. You're actually much more calm. You're just, you know, people would be like, oh, you seem calm today. You know, that kind of energy to you. And it's the opposite reaction that you would expect. You would expect to be like ravenous and aggressive and short tempered. And it's just, a, it's a really weird thing. I mean, it's all kind of like reverse psychology. It's not weird. In a way. It's, it's not weird. It's not weird at all. Think about it. So the guy who was in his truck, uh, you know, being a jerk. So if he's, if he's, if he is getting all of his pleasure or all of his dopamine secretion or all of his, um, all of those pleasure centers are only stimulated through uh, an exogenous stimuli, right? So it's not inherently in him. He must get it from somewhere else. So if he's not partaking in those events, how is he, you know, how is his brain? How is his, um, you know, how does he feel when he's not partaking in, in those he relies on those stimuli to feel good. If you remove those things and you're able to feel good in and of yourself, I always recommend people like try driving one week, just go one week, one week without listening to music. 
just drive in silence. It was one of the most powerful things I've ever done. I don't even wow, listen to music anymore. Idea. No, I, okay. So I love it. And I drive in Florida. If I'm running up and down the, the, you know, I go to Miami a lot. I was just in uh, Boca for Lauderdale, West Palm. I mean, constantly I drive a lot. I don't fly, um, you know, those short distances completely silent. I'm not kidding. It's no way. It is, remove the noise from your life. Remove the, someone's always trying to talk at you, talk at, you know, let your brain do what it's meant to do, which is think, work on problems, like listen to your own voice, like get the noise out. All of these external, you know, sound waves and all of these external people yelling at you, whether it's through music or whatever, just try one week. It will be weird to start but you'd Damn. be surprised how fast it will change your life. And I'm not trying to tell you anything that I read in a book because I've never read this in a book anywhere. I've never heard this on a podcast. Jonathan, you know me. We've known each other for a while. I'm not the, the self-help guru guy. I don't read into all this stuff. I only do things by, you know, uh, if you're giving me advice, I only take it if you're really a reputable human to do so, um, or it's by personal experience and me screwing up that I learned what not to do. I'm telling you this, this no music while you drive thing. Whoa. I mean, wow. whoa, it's, it's just such a calming effect and you let your brain think how much time, dude, you live in LA. Like how much time do you spend in the car? Like think about how much your brain could work on if it didn't have an external source of noise coming at you. Yeah. Like you could actually let your brain work on projects on problems. I mean, you run a business, you're, you got all these guys working with you and for you, you have all of these issues. When do you give your brain time to just do what it does best, which is work on its own. Um, so like I'm a creative guy, everything that's to just process, just process, try it. No music, no podcasts, no noise other than what's around you. And I know you're driving in LA, so it's a lot different, but, um, that's not true. You, you drive out to the beach like all the time and, and you're going surfing. Yeah. there's a lot less traffic and you get nature, but try that dude. Try. And anybody listening, it will change your life. It's, it's wild. Yeah. I've never heard anybody recommend that before. Um, and so that's a great nugget just for me. You know, I'm, I'm coming up with all these cool ideas to, to improve my own life from this conversation. Um, but I, I noticed that when I was doing 75 hard and I would walk, I would just have an inclination here and there to not bring a podcast not bring an audio book, even though those seem productive. Like if you think about us as this computer, well, let's just say that the device is the handheld device and it's plugged into a supercomputer with a bunch of servers in it. They're doing all the heavy lifting, right? All the device does is format the data in a visual way for you. So at what point are we going to let the supercomputer, which is our subconscious, process all of the information and data that's come through without sending new data back to it, right? Not sending new data back to the server. And uh, I, I was taking some walks with no music, no nothing, and just trying to be present, looking at the sky, looking at the trees, like the world looks really big when you're not looking down at your phone, by the way. Um, and all these brilliant ideas were coming to me. It was like the level of brilliance that came from a deep spiritual journey. So like when I did ayahuasca, like that level of divine knowledge, just from shutting things off. Right. And then I was like, damn, so I must be forcing a bunch of new information into my brain, not taking enough time to process it. And all I'm solving is small problems on the, at the tip of the spear 
not these bigger supercomputer problems that I could be solving. And so I don't know. I'm really interested to try this this no music thing. I'm and I, I think I'm just going to add a whole layer to my life of of no stimuli of certain times of the day because I can't explain it. But in in the evenings, sometimes uh, after like let's just say a day of like back to back meetings, I feel so drained. I can't explain why. But it's probably because I'm just like brain dead from all the dump of information and stimuli that have been coming throughout the day. So I'm 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 really interested and curious to try that. The, but also, you know, recommend to anybody who's going to do uh, no music in the car, try walking with no stimuli, no podcasts, no music, no phone call. You'd be surprised how much you don't need some of this stuff and how much happier you would be without it. Um, I haven't had a, uh, I, I have one vice on television and uh, that's about it. And then um but other than that, there's no TV. Uh, the only reason I have a TV in my home is because my wife wanted to have one. Uh, other than that, before I met her, I had no television. I'm telling you, it's, uh, and this is coming from like, this isn't like some guy, I don't go on these, like you do all kinds of cool stuff and you're like traveling around, going all these different places and experiencing a lot of this meditation stuff. I don't, I actually don't do any of that. Like I, I don't, I, I don't do those things. I, um, so for, for someone like myself to say, you know, I don't have a television, understand it's coming from a guy that my whole life was noise. I mean, my whole life up to my early thirties was noise. And I was a loud guy. And I was like the loudest guy. I mean, I was atrocious to be around. My friends would literally be like, dude, shut up. Literally. They're like, you're boring people, leave them alone. Um, So coming from me, like, uh, it is so powerful to remove the external stimuli, the noise, the people just through your television, television and music. I mean, think about it. I know not everybody listens to deep house, but what I'm saying is, is like, think about the music you listen to um, that's loud and in your face and there's people yelling at you and you don't realize it. Like how, how, how can you be energized by people constantly talking at you, yelling at you and think about in today's world of what is actually on television whether it's news, movies, shows, it's all so aggressive. No matter what side of the coin you're on, it's all so aggressive. And it's just people shouting at you and remove it, remove it from your life and watch how happy you are. It is, my business took a complete, I mean, catapult when I removed those things and I didn't expect for it to do that, but it did. And it was because, and I work less. I work a ton less, dude. I I mean, your, your body and your brain just work differently. You're not designed to be yelled at dude for, you know, for hours at a time through music and television, et cetera, save your, save your, your tea. And you know, if you want to go have a drink and, and, you know, watch TV or whatever those things are that we're saying not to do, go for it. But remember, you know, those are external stimuli. Those are, those are not real pleasure centers for you, you know, very, keep it in moderation, keep it to a minimum, let your brain do what it's meant to do uh, and watch things kind of change. Yeah. I think um, again, people think that they're going to sacrifice enjoying the life experience by taking out these stimuli. But when you moderate, you're not actually losing anything. You're, you're gaining confidence and, and a positive feeling from knowing that you're strong enough willpower to moderate. That. Think about who, think about who that message is coming from though, telling people that you're sacrificing 
um, you know, a certain lifestyle if you cut out these external stimuli. The only people propagating that message are people pushing those substances or those types of things on you yeah. or people that cannot give it or people that cannot give them up themselves are too weak. That's the only people that those message comes from. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been transformative. And, um, you know, I guess I just like, I, I, I recall this experience way back when I first started hiring business coaches, where the coach said, the information and the coaching are great, but the integration is much more important. Like, do you can, if you want information, you can go on Google or YouTube and go find it. Why isn't everybody geniuses? Well, because they don't integrate the knowledge that well. And the way I think about it is, let's just say I take in 10 gigabytes of data throughout the day. When is my brain going to be able to process all that? Well, if I'm continually inserting new information through a podcast or a book, which sounds productive in itself, but I'm never giving my body and my brain actual time to process all that. So I don't actually get to uh, find the integrations and the applications in my life where that that coaching or that knowledge or that insight and data can actually be turned into something because remember we're forcing more information all the time so the computer is constantly processing and never actually has time to like spit out the answers it really can only do it on like a granular level like i can solve this problem here in the moment it's like send the information back you know process it come up with the solution but some of the deeper stuff you know all the strategic stuff it has to be done in quiet. And I think, you know, I look at people like Elon Musk or like these other like luminaries and, and how bookish and dorky they are. They're not the extravagant, like let's just say Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, for example, they're both bookish guys. They're not the ones who are bragging about all this life optimization stuff and like, oh, you got to wake up at 5 a.m. and all that stuff. They're generally uh, pretty quiet guys. And I think they probably developed that, uh, that way of being, knowing that my brain and body and everything work more effectively when it's not overstimulated. I mean, I totally agree with you. I think um, these are a lot of I thinks, but I think and I have experience with a lot of different, you know, entrepreneurs and other people, you know, in quote unquote business where they love doing all the self-help stuff and they go to every conference ever known to man and they read every book and they do, it's all generally the same messages. And I'm not saying that those messages aren't effective. I'm not saying that they don't work. I'm not saying what those people tell you to do don't work. I'm saying that there's a, you know, at what point are you going to execute? You can go to yeah. every conference you want to go to, dude. And I, <laughs> I, I, I used to read a book a week and I was read, 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 read. And my, again, to my own, my own detriment, my business partner was like, okay, cool. You're reading all these books. Like, what does the execution look like? Because it means nothing if you don't execute. And he was so right. Um, at that time I was into product development and, and, and product psychology and design. And at some point, you know, you have to, okay, stop. You've learned, stop now. Now have an executable plan that you can actually put into action and again, one, one more time, I hate saying it and I hope he doesn't listen, but it's like one more time, yup, this guy was right. And boom, we have a plan in action where it's not just constantly adding new data and new data and new data and new data and new data, never letting anything actually work. You're just exactly. overloading. You're just overloading yourself with, with no execution. It means nothing if you don't actually do something. Yeah, I, I listened to this book, uh, $100 Million Offers, which is a brilliant book by Alex Hormozzi. Everyone should should 
get the audio book or the, the paperback, but I was like 40% of the way through it. And my mind was getting blown. I was like, holy shit, this is so brilliant. So I like stopped <laughs> myself. I said, Johnny, you're not going to listen anymore. You're not until you go back to your desk and you print out the workbooks for this and you do them. And then I ordered a hard copy of the book. And within like a week, I had a, um, gone through all the worksheets. He has these videos to go along with it, make it really easy to integrate. Yeah. And, uh, and now I'm like, wow, I'm never going to force down knowledge again. Like, Those are my favorite books though. If they're like real dudes who have real plans, it's not just like some self-help book that's going to give you a bunch of mumbo jumbo. The plans that have like real action items those books are like, are the most powerful. There's a series called blue ocean strategy or the blue ocean project. If you ever, those books like, dude, that those books are, you want to, you know, yeah, change your brand or your brand. Oh, wow. Okay. You're I'm missing around out. them. You're missing out. They, um, it was really good for us who was, it was very good for us to learn how to create messaging and set our products in a specific market that make us the most valuable instead of a more of a commodity based. So um, highly recommend for anybody who's struggling in business. I send them to clients all the time. I'm like, cause my half of my job, you know, we sell our products to physicians all over the country. Like half of my job is making sure that they're successful. So I, you know, I send product. these correct. So uh, they need to learn how to prescribe and sell our products. So I send these books out all the time. Do they read them? Who knows? The point being is that those books are great because they come with a legitimate action items workbook and it's real execution of how to set your brand aside, how to create products that are set aside from just you know, running the gamut and just being lost in a, in a sea of things that are similar, it can completely change your game. I love those books, man. I wish they paid me for their endorsement for my endorsement, but um, those are great. But what I'm saying is those books are awesome. Those books are phenomenal because they're, they're action items. They're executable for all the entrepreneurs that are, you know, I'm reading and I'm doing my work and stuff. Make sure that you're the information that you are ingesting, that you're consuming is real world applicable. Yeah. Like is real world applicable. You can get lost in all of the crap that's out there for people that are, you know what I'm talking about? Like there it's all these, you know, same people that are throwing out the same message with three different words. And then you can get stuck in this world of always, you know, trying to improve, 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 but never actually executing the improvements themselves. Yeah, I read this book uh, called Traction by Gino Wickman. It's an operational efficiencies book. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they have a whole, that's a whole series one, isn't it? It's like Traction with uh, like EOS or all those different, like there's a, it's a whole series thing. Yep, I'm familiar. Yeah, really good. Uh, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. I read this book back in 2016, dude. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. I grabbed the tidbits here and there and applied them. I reread the book in, I guess it'd be like 2021. And then I hired a coach, an implementer, they're called. And I actually went through, I paid 12 grand for two days with this dude. And then we implemented the system. Yeah, I would say 80, 90% of goal. And mm -hmm. it completely changed the game. We literally doubled in revenue within like six months. And for all those five years, imagine if I had applied the learnings from that book five years ago, like literally would have been a completely different place life-wise. <clears throat> Buddy, oh, you're preaching to the choir. Up. That's part of that. I mean, you're preaching to the choir, dude. If I, um, you know, we acquired this company a little over three years ago and it's been three years of trial and error to try and, you know, finally get that rocket ship and we finally had it, but it's all because of exactly what we're talking about. 
And had I had exactly the knowledge three years ago, boom, that would be great. But I think what I'm learning is through this whole experience, and you put in way more time than I did, what I'm learning in, in this experience is that is the delayed gratification. Like you have to be able to struggle through that, those shitty times, like of that, like sucking, because yeah. what you're saying is, is like, yeah, if I could go back 10 years, well, you never can do that because that 10 years is when you like, you screwed up for 10 years to figure out what would work. Like yeah. that, that is the 10 years. That's the career that, and um, it's so much easier said than done, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, you mentioned Frisella earlier, but you know, he'll tell you the same thing of it's that grind that, that pre-existing grind of getting you to that like aha moment, but it's all, you know, execution up to that point. You gotta, you can't ever stop the execution. Otherwise you're, you never get to that point. Businesses don't fail because they're bad ideas, dude. Look how many garbage ideas are out there and people make a hundred million dollars. Businesses fail because people give up because they, they lack perseverance. They, they can't, they can't delay the gratification. They can't, I mean, this is coming from a guy that started his, you know, career about 10 years ago, specifically in what we do. And I had a, you know, I was sleeping on couches, scrubbing toilets. I mean, this is real. My business partner found me scrubbing barbells in a gym, cleaning toilets and like fixing gym equipment. Little did we know 10 years later, like we would be in business together, you know, doing something that's actually very profound and and really changing the game in our specific market. Um, But fast forward through, don't get it twisted. I mean, I had, we've had some, I've had some, (laughs) some failures, some business ventures that aren't so hot. But, um, but what we're talking about is it's the, (laughs) dude, I could tell you, we could tell stories about, you know, I had a business, um, I created my own fitness concept and gym and, you know, we took all of our seed capital, all of our money and spent $2,000 on, you know, a toilet and 15 grand on a front desk. It's like, uh, you did that wrong. I did it backwards. I spent all my, you know, making this beautiful, big thing that, well, you can spend, you can spend all the money you want. If no one's there to enjoy it, it doesn't really matter. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's that part of the career that it's, you know, it's that execution part and putting yourself through that delayed gratification, which leads you to where you are. I mean, look at you now, dude, you got all kinds of magazine articles written about you. You're driving your G wagon, you surf every day. I mean, you're living in Southern California. <laughs> if, unless you're living under a rock, I mean, it's living in SoCal ain't easy. Like it's, you got to be successful to do it. So unless you're living on skid row, but we all know you're not. So, but you're, you're, you're the living, right. You're the living, breathing example of that, Jonathan. And it's, it's the delayed gratification and execution of those steps that got you where you were. Yeah. I mean, it's a, thank you for acknowledging that. And, and the main thing that made our business successful is when we went performance-based, we only get paid based on how well our clients mm-hmm. do. And that's the yeah. extreme end of delayed gratification. And it's also much higher risk so anyway dustin dude look i i i want to keep going but unfortunately we both (laughs) have schedules so i got i gotta i gotta close this out here dude but i just i I really appreciate the 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 energy and you know the emphatic the passion that you bring to this conversation because you know i don't care where you're at in your journey for who who you are if uh if you can apply some of these first principles like discipline grit perseverance I hope that we can stand as examples and you in particular can stand as an example of, of, of what the outcome can be. So much love. No, but I really appreciate it, man. I always love talking to you. You're, you're one of my favorite people to talk to. And uh, I just appreciate you bringing me on your show and, and us, you know, going back and forth for an hour. So it's been a blast. Thank you.